Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Greetings, my friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, Turn in your Bibles, if you're able, uh, to Revelation chapter 3. Of course, if you're listening and doing something else, just listen carefully. We'll try to read through and get through every single verse, uh, which is our goal here at Everyday Truth. We really feel like, matter of fact, it's more than a feeling. We know that healthy portions of God's Word daily will change our lives. Little investments of time over time make a difference in our lives. And so thanks for tuning in today to the episode. We're talking about the Church of Philadelphia. I don't think I mentioned last episode that Philadelphia, and I think you know this, means brotherly love. It's actually a a Greek word, Philadelphia, brotherly love. Phileo is the first part, Adelphos, brother, the second part, brotherly love. Ironically, uh, the city wasn't named that for any other reason other than it was the nickname of its founder. But wow, this city really did live up to that name because what a great church, the church, I should say, lived up to that name because they had a great love for God and for others. And what we're learning about this church is that this is a stellar church with a wonderful example for Christ. Look at verse number nine, where the Bible says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. So what in the world does this mean? Well, the the Lord is defending these true believers who have been vilified by the Jewish community. And he goes so far as to say that their place of worship, the synagogue, is the synagogue of Satan in the sense that they claim to be worshiping me. They claim to be faithful to the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, They claim to know, have a corner on who Jehovah God is, but they're wrong and you're right. And sometimes that's difficult when people that are respected religiously uh, would look at you or look at me and say, hey, you're the fanatic, you're the, you're the heretic, you're the cult member, or whatever the, the accusation was from these Jews to these Christians. But what Jesus said is, I know all about this, and I want you to know that one day all of my people, the Jews— now, there, are, there were Jews in Jesus' day that rejected him, and what Jesus said is they're not really Jews because the most Jewish thing you could do is to believe in the Jewish Messiah, Jesus. He said, but there's coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And the Bible talks about there that great passage in Zechariah's prophecy when even the nation of Israel will look on him whom they pierced. And they will believe on Jesus. And they will be sorry for all the years of rejection. And on that day, and I know that that's a future day, that 
all of these Christians, especially these Jewish Christians that have been vilified, uh, their faith will have been vindicated. And they will, the, their, their unbelieving brethren will know that they were right and the unbelievers were wrong. I guess my question is, are we willing in the moment to bear the misunderstanding of others? Are we willing in the moment to have people level their accusations against us or to be shut out from the religious community? Are we more concerned about what Jesus knows about us than what other people say about us, even well-meaning, in some cases, religious people? And of course, the answer is we ought always to be much more concerned about what the truth of God's Word says what Jesus knows about us to be true today, and ultimately what Jesus will confess to be true about us in the future. Hey, there's coming a day when every man and woman, every boy and girl who has ever lived in all of eternity will know beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Are we willing to bear the persecution and the misunderstanding now realizing that that day will come and then for all of eternity we will be so glad that we had lived by faith in Christ today. So that's the promise. That's the encouragement that the church at Philadelphia is receiving. Look at verse number nine. Behold, I'm sorry, verse number 10, because because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee, guard thee, protect thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So Jesus refers here to a time of future trial and testing that will come upon everybody on the earth. So as we look at scripture, what is that time of testing upon all people on the earth, all earth dwellers. Did you see what it said there at the end of verse number 10? To try them that dwell upon the earth. And anytime you see that phraseology in the Bible, I think it's found nine or 10 times, you're going to find it's a reference to unbelievers, earth dwellers, not those of us that whose conversation, whose citizenship is in heaven, but earth dwellers. And what Jesus said specifically is, I am going to protect you from that time when I turn my attention in judgment upon the earth dwellers. So is there a time in the future of Philadelphia and still yet in our future when God is going to try the whole earth? And the answer, of course, is yes. That's a time that we know of as the tribulation or more specifically, the great tribulation, which is the second half of what we call Daniel's 70th week, when God will try the entire world, test them, uh, judge them in that sense. Great tribulation will come. And the Bible says that believers here, typified by the church at, at Philadelphia, will be saved from the hour of that trial. So not just from the trial itself, that God preserves them in the trial, but that God saves them from the time of the trial. One of the things that those of us that subscribe to a pre-tribulational uh, rapture view is that God is going to save us from the hour of temptation. 
and that this particular time frame is a time frame where God is dealing with the dwellers of this earth. And then secondly, God is redirecting his attention during the, that seven-year period of time to his own people. Remember the prophecy in Daniel chapter 9, where God said he had determined there to be 490 years specifically on the nation of Israel, and 483 of those years have already transpired up until the cutting off of Messiah. It's a wonderful prophecy there in Daniel 9. You'll read it in like verses 27 through 30, somewhere in that section. Uh, But once again, in that last week, Daniel's 70th week, a, a period of seven years, God will redirect his attention. So those of us that are saved, New Testament saints, will be caught out, caught up. That's the word harpazo. Um, the, the rapturo is the Latin translation of the Greek word harpazo. We would say caught up or raptured, even though the word rapture itself is not a word found in the Bible. That's the concept. So what a great promise. What a great promise that God gives this church that had been ostracized by the world and the religious community. And yet Jesus said, I'm going to protect you uh, from that hour of trial. Uh, Look, please, if you would, at verse number 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold uh, Hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of of my God, and he shall go no more out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop right there at verse number 12. Let me just make a comment about verse number 11 because of our time, and we'll come back to verses 12 and 13 next episode. Jesus said, I come quickly. Uh, Again, a reference to the second coming of Christ. When we think about that, we think about Uh, the precursor to the second coming, which is the rapture of the church, Uh, and then the second coming itself when Jesus comes with his own to this earth. And the Bible says, hold fast that which thou hast. So in this intermediary time before Christ comes, what's our job? Be faithful. Uh, Live by faith. Trust Christ. Uh, Don't be moved by the enemies and the misunderstanding. Why? Because there is great reward in the coming back of Jesus, that no man take thy crown. And the idea there is that people aren't trying to steal your crown in the sense of other Christians, hey, that belongs to me, but in the sense of uh, that you would have a real reward for walking with Christ and staying faithful to him and one day being rewarded by him for that faithfulness. Uh, that's what the Bible teaches, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we must all stand ultimately before the judgment seat of Christ, not to answer for our sins. Those were answered for at the cross, but to answer for what we've done with this marvelous salvation that Christ has given us. So I hope that helps. We're going to uh, jump right back into uh, the very next verse. I lost my place here uh, for the for the moment, but... Whatever the next verse was, we'll jump into it next episode. Thanks for being so faithful. Looking forward to finishing up the church at Philadelphia next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.